0: Would you like to live a healthier, happier, and more fulfilled life? Cultures from all over our planet have been addressing that concern for thousands of years, and their answers can help you in your life today. Join anthropologist and healer Robert Vetter as he introduces you to cultures of health and healing. Get ready now to try out some healing beliefs and practices from far and wide. Here's the host of your show, Robert Vedder. Hello everyone, I'm back again with Dr. Stanley Krippner, who's going to be talking a little bit with us this time about some of the work that he's been involved with more um, in the more recent part of his life. So, Dr. Krippner, can you tell us a little bit about the work that you do?
1: Yes, indeed. As I have been mentioning, I have I'm not a healer, I'm not a psychotherapist, I'm certainly not a shaman. But I do work with people's dreams. In fact, we have a monthly dream group in the Bay Area, which we're now doing virtually because of the shutdown. And we get together and help each other interpret our dreams. And this certainly has been having a very, very healing effect. Also, I do dream workshops, and I've done more workshops in China than in the United States, and it's been quite exciting to go to China and to have people explore their dreams. And then I give them a number of ways to help interpret their dreams. And then they pair off with a partner or work in small groups where they can speak Chinese and they find out what there is in the dream that's can address the problems that they have in their current life. So the Chinese work has been extremely rewarding. Also part of the dream work has been to explore one's personal mythology. David Feinstein and I, years ago, wrote a book called Personal Mythology. And dreams are an important part of determining what is the myth that we live by? What is the inner story of our own life? And how can we embellish, refine, and even change that story? And the answer can often come through dreams. Now, this has been especially important in the work that I've done with post-traumatic stress disorder, especially with servicemen and servicewomen coming back from the multitude of wars that the United States has gotten involved with over the years. And the war has not left them. They come back with PTSD and they are emotionally handicapped they cannot maintain relationships, they cannot hold down jobs, or if they do have relationships and jobs, they are handicapped because they have so many symptoms. They are hyper-vigilant, they're hypersensitive, and worst of all, they have nightmares, nightmares about the uh, trauma that uh, they engage in, and sometimes more than one trauma during combat or simply being in a combat zone now, most nightmares serve a useful purpose, because one per person can have an emotional overload, and they work it out through the nightmare, the nightmare puts into symbols and metaphors, and it gets processed through the system. But the trauma nightmare just gets stuck. They can't turn it into a story. They can't turn it into a personal myth. They just have the same repetition over and over again about how they accidentally killed a child, how they accidentally shot a mother who was carrying a baby and they thought she was carrying a bomb, uh, about purposefully killing soldiers and being with them is a they accidentally killing one of their own group. Oh, terrible traumas that war wreaks on people. But there is a very effective therapy for nightmares that I teach people and the therapist now can teach people, which is to reimagine the nightmare and give the nightmare a new ending. And people have to take that nightmare and rethink the nightmare and find out how they can deal with it. If somebody accidentally killed a child, fine. They go back and when they have that nightmare say, I'm going to donate some time to work with children who are orphaned in my community and that would be a way of making up for what I did during the war or if they killed a woman and thinking that she was an enemy combatant they would say, I'm going to donate time to a woman's shelter women who are who are, are uh, this topic of violence who've been sexually assaulted Im deal with my Time to help them. So when they have that nightmare, they tack that on to the end. Now they have to rehearse it. They rehearse it during the day. And then when they go to sleep at night, they tell themselves, Tonight when I have the nightmare, I am going to put on the new ending. And they do this often enough, and the nightmare starts to change. Not only do they get the new ending, but they begin to process the nightmare. And the child that they killed might turn into a small animal. The woman that they killed might turn into a into a deer or some other grateful animal, graceful animal, or might turn into uh, it might turn into theater into a play. Well, this is the way that you process unpleasant emotions to get them through your system. And if the natural processing is broken down because of the trauma, then you have to give it a head start and give it sort of a push by doing the imagery rehearsal that I just described to you. So the work that I have done with dreams, I would say that that's my own own type of healing. And I've gotten uh, a lot of compliments, especially teaching it to other people. And so they can work in small groups and carried out on their own. It's been especially helpful to go back to China year after year as I've done for 10 years and find out from people who've been in workshops in previous years, how they put dream work into their therapy. In fact, there is a great deal of research indicating that therapists who use dreams in their psychotherapy have better results and the clients get better more quickly than therapists who do not use dreams in their therapy. Well, as I say, I'm not a therapist, but I can tell therapists a number of ways that they can use dreams, ways that uh, um, actually give people themselves the responsibility to interpret their own dreams. All of my dream work really is done in a way that helps people to understand their own dreams because dream symbols differ from person to person. A person might have a recurring dream about a powerful man. For one person, it might be a father figure. For another person, it might be a boyfriend or a husband. For another person, it might be a wise old man from mythology, and what Jung called, what Carl Joseph Jung called an archetype. So you've got to find out what that recurring symbol is in terms of the meaning of the dreamer. There is no one symbol that means the same thing for everybody. And so people have to work on themselves or with their therapist to figure that out.
0: So So those books, the books that are written about dream symbolism are really not a good way to start.
1: Let's put it this way to be charitable. You can start with them, but you can't end with them. Yes. this This will give people some ideas. And if it doesn't work, then they go off on their own and say, well, what, that that doesn't work for me. Like there's a, you see, uh, there's a, a book about dream symbols. You dream about, uh, about losing your teeth, that means you're going to lose money. Well, of course, that's your nonsense. But it might be true once in 1,000 times. And so the person who reads that, no, that doesn't work for me. But what else could that dream mean? What else might I be losing? Maybe I'm not losing my money. Maybe I'm losing my common sense. Maybe I'm losing my friends by what I'm doing. So like I say, you can start with those dream interpretation books, but you can't finish with them because they're certainly not going to be helpful for every single dream that you have. But so, there are some excellent dream books, not only by myself, but by people like Patricia Garfield and Gil Delaney and uh, Robert Haas, many, many people who are members of the International Association for the Study of Dreams, IAHD. It has a website, International Association for the Study of Dreams, and people can get free advice from the website and they can find out about the conferences now virtual conferences of course that the organization holds around the, around the country and around the world
0: let's say that i i'm i'm listening and i'm uh you know an average person who doesn't have a lot of experience in this uh deeply delving into dreams for personal development and let's say that I, I, I'm the kind of person who says, um, yeah, I, I never dream or I dream once in a while. How would I get started in the kind of work that you're describing?
1: Okay, the first thing is to get a notebook or to use a computer and create a file on the computer. And so when you do remember a dream, you record it. Now, just the habit of recording a dream reinforces dream recall and will help you to remember dreams in the future. Also, you can do some self-suggestion before you go to sleep at night. You can say, I'm going to remember a dream when I wake up. I'm going to remember a dream when I wake up and sooner or later you will remember a dream and then you make some notes and then the next morning, you write it down in your dream notebook or on your computer file. Now, then you have the dream. Now, how do you work with the dream? Like I say, take a look at some of these dream books that I've just mentioned by authorities in the field, not the dream symbol dictionaries, which are almost worthless, but by people that I've mentioned, uh, like Robert Hoss, H-O-S-S, and people who work for the International Association of the Study Dreams, and you will get a lot of common sense advice. One thing that you can do immediately is simply to take the dream and imagine that that dream is like a movie. And you say, all right, if if that's a movie, how would I apply that movie to my personal life? Who would be the characters in that movie? And looking at the dream as a movie might give you some ideas. All right, how is that matching something that goes on in my life? Well, there's a stranger in the dream, but that stranger resembles several people in my life. So what can I learn about the dream? by putting them in the place of the stranger. So there are some very simple common sense ways that people can start out on their own to get meaning from the dreams. Remember that dreams serve many, many purposes. They can help us download emotions, but they can also help solve problems. They can point out areas in our life that need work, relationships that need mending. They can also be wish fulfillments. Freud thought this was the only reason for dreams. Well, it's one of many, many reasons for dreams. Or they can be planning for the future. Dreams serve many, many purposes, and you never know which purpose your dream is going to serve until you start working with it.
0: That's some very valuable information um, that you shared with us. I'm wondering if you have an example either of a dream that you had or a particularly potent one that any of the the people in your workshops might have shared
1: well yes there are certainly certainly several uh in in one of my dream workshops we actually had a young woman who brought in a dream about being in her apartment, and a burglar broke in to the apartment and raped her. So what she did was to put extra locks on the door to the apartment. No, that was taking the dream too literally. In the dream workshop, I told her about what Carl Gustav Jung called the shadow, a part of our self that we have not reconciled or integrated. And so here she was. having a secretarial job. She had been uh, divorced. Her parents had not forgiven her for the divorce. She was on her own. And so that shadow in the dream began to change. And instead of coming in and raping her, he was now bringing her flowers. And they were sleeping together. It was very pleasant for her. But he was always wearing a mask. Eventually, she took off the mask, and there was her own face. And then she realized the shadow was the powerful part of herself that she'd been keeping under wraps for many, many, many years. And once she accumulated that power, she got a promotion on her job. She got the courage to talk back to her parents and tell her that she was not going to back out of the divorce because her husband was abusing her and mistreating her. And so she finally came into her own power. And that was the dream that literally changed her life.
0: Beautiful. I'm curious also about um, other types of messages that we receive in dreams. And I know that you mentioned Edgar Casey earlier. And uh, have you had any other experiences with anybody like Edgar Casey who literally would receive these amazing downloads of, of healing information?
1: Oh, yes. I had one, one person in my dream workshop, had a, had a long-standing digestive ailment, and started to have dreams about papayas. He didn't even know what a papaya was. And I said, look, go and buy some papayas and eat them. And he, I didn't want to tell him why. He went out, and because then it would be a power of suggestion. He went out and bought some papayas. I said, be sure to eat the seeds, too. Well, papayas contain pepsin, and this is good for the digestion. After eating papaya for a week or two, he actually had that digestive problem under control. He didn't have to rely on the medicines that he was getting from his physician. He was able to solve the digestive problem by having a solid diet on papaya and eating something very, very healthy. And there was the answer in his dream.
0: So let's go back to... Unpack that for just a moment. Um, that experience, and of course, Edgar Casey as well. Edgar Casey would um, purposely go into a dream state and have his secretary uh, transcribe the words that he said, and he was able to come up with amazing cures for things that he had no way of knowing about. In the same way that this man that you mentioned knew nothing about papaya or how to use it. So I'm just curious about how you personally explain this sort of availability of new information.
1: Well, yes, there's a, it will go back to Carl Gustav Jung. There was a collective unconscious that all of us participate in. And so the knowledge is distributed and sometimes you can pick up information from sources that we have not personally experienced. And that was the case with the papaya story I told you about. Some people are very adept at this, one of them being uh, Edgar Casey. And when he was alive, there was nearly no way to investigate or do a good job of tracking down his diagnoses and his work. And so uh, a lot of that work is in storage and can be looked at only in retrospect. But I think he tapped into this collective unconscious in some way or another.
0: Well, that's some very useful information, Dr. Krippner. I thank you so much for spending this time with us and listeners. I hope you'll go out and consider Dr. Krippner's books, two of them about Rolling Thunder, one called The Voice of Rolling Thunder, the other called The Shamanic Powers of Rolling Thunder. So, Dr. Krippner, thank you again so much for being with us.
1: Welcome. The doorbell just rang after uh... all.
0: <laughs> Good timing. Thank you. This has been Cultures of Health and Healing with Robert Vetter. Thanks for listening. Please remember to subscribe and rate this show and share it with others. Until next time, remember, your health and healing matter, and you can find your own unique path to optimum wellness.